to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well, because we're not. 1 and 2, 23 to 27. Oh, this is starting to become a long old season now. Um, I'm I'm already beginning to get fed up of it. Um, I said at the end of last podcast, uh, let's not be bad enough to get beat at home by the Falcons. Oh, we were bad enough to get beat at home by the Falcons. Um, yeah, we've got uh, got some fun topics to get into tonight, I'm sure. Uh, can't wait to, to go over this game again. Um, this is another game that we can just kick into the bin and forget everything about it after we finish with this podcast tonight but we are the we talk seahawks podcast we are obliged to talk about the seattle seahawks and their awfulness is, is a nice word to describe it um and as always i've got two lovely gentlemen to help me along this ride to uh to describe in this team because i'll run out of words so i need these two to fill in as well um positive pez himself how are you doing mate i'm good mate i'm good that's a surprise well, we spoke about it in the last couple of podcasts, didn't we? We, we, we did. We mentioned it, and I said it. I said, we lose to the Falcons and the Lions, was it, on the prediction mm. thing? Mm-hmm. Then, if I was Pete, I'd start sweating on his job. And they got beat by the Falcons, and it... It... It was scary how this defense just does the same stuff year after year. Just really capitulated. Is. Yeah, but I'm gonna do my intro for Josh because um, me and Josh in our fancy <laughs> had a little game, didn't we, Josh? Yes, it's, this it's this was possibly the worst weekend I've had of fantasy football. Six leagues, two <laughs> wins. And then four absolute blowouts. It wasn't even close. One of my wins, I won by 0.6, no, 0.06 points. Well, it's all right for some. I had bloody Carson Wentz starting because of some dodgy <laughs> LA doctor, bloody ribs and all that nonsense that's going on in LA. So thanks very much, Justin Herbert. Carson Wentz, oh, yeah, dear me. I'm all, um, 
on our matchup. I looked at it, and it, on Sleeper, it gives you the nice summary, doesn't it? And I, I went on there, and I was like, oof, let's just have a little look here. Glow as much as I could, knowing we're recording tonight. Top, me. Oh, good on you. What, what's what's your team name? What's me. your team name? Biggest blowout, me. Overachiever, me. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> what's your team name, Pez? Welcome to Disneyland. Welcome to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me. You will, <laughs> that, is, that is a tough one to take losing to welcome to Disneyland. I would not live that down <laughs> if I were you. Oh, although I think you beat me as well this week, Pez, so I'm saying that. Um, anyway, yeah, I think you did. Uh, Josh, how are you, mate? I'm not letting Pez gloat anymore. I'm sick of it. Josh, how are you? You know what? I was so much better, so much better until Pez brought that up. Um, I mean, a team, I'm the owner of Can You Digs It, Sucker? And I lose to 30 seconds to last. Oh, no, that was last week. Oh, no, that was this week. Last week was Welcome to Disneyland. I've just yeah, this, this week has just gone uh, from a football standpoint awfully, just awful. Yeah, it's been um, a pretty poor week. My just, my on, on the on the plus side though, I've really I, I dove headfirst into these this hot takes episode because there was me predicting the season and it has gone tits up since game yes. one. <laughs> yes, we were all apologising to you. <laughs> no, we look stupid. <laughs> He's there on his mantle. He's there up there on his pedestal. Me and James are like, oh, Josh is going to be right all season. Yeah. Nah, might, whip from under his feet. Uh, this this, this been... defence is just taking it all away from me. They're, they're making sure that I do not win games. Well, my name in fantasy, if anyone cares, as well as the Loch Ness Monsters, and I think I win every week because of that name. I'm, I'm well happy with that. <laughs> I'm just, I don't care what record I've got. Um, before we get into it tonight. To start, that's not bad <laughs> I know. I'm a... Before we get into it tonight, because um, we're going to go over again, we're going to go start with the offense. Geno Smith, running game, tight end, I think was a big key factor into this game. Um, was impressed with the tight end usage, so we're going to get onto that. Um, and then we'll go to defense, and uh, that is where I'm sure the uh, the crux of this podcast is probably going to be centered around this defense um, tonight. So I, I look forward to us getting onto that and trying to hold back the reins on, on those boys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Is our um, head coach offensive or de- defensive minded? Is that a trick question, Pez? I was just wondering. I'm a bit confused. No, no one knows at the moment. Yeah, I'm a bit confused, but I think once upon a time he was a future Hall of Fame mastermind defensive head coach, wasn't he? I think he was at some point, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I think he'll probably have a job on Mastermind at the end of this season. Um, <laughs> right, before we get into the offense, um, <laughs> I've got to shout out our brand new partners and sponsors, Fanatics. Uh, I'm sure you're all aware of those guys if you've ever bought any form of merchandise, if you support any sports team in the in the UK, the US, anything. Uh, you've probably bought something from Fanatics along the way. Um, and we're absolutely delighted to be partnering up with them such a big name in in this injury industry so we're well happy with that um if you go to our website and across our social medias we've got some special unique links to both the uk and the us store um and all you have to do is is basically when you next shop at fanatics if you if you shop at fanatics through our links by clicking on our links and buying 
whether it's Seahawks or whatever NFL team, NHL, basketball, whoever, if you if it's done through our link, then you will be massively helping out our podcast and what we do here. Um, should we start with this offense then? Gino Smith. Um, once again, you read the stat line. 32 completions of 44 attempts, 325 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, by no means is Geno Smith the problem at this at this moment in time. I'm not I'm not saying he's the problem, but what I will also say is um, he's not the solution. He's not the solution, and don't be I don't want to be too harsh on the guy because he is playing better than what we expected him to play. But I think as soon as you see the pocket breakdown, as soon as you see Geno Smith scrambling. And, and trying to make throws on the run, um, it's 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 a glimpse into the into the quarterback that he really is. When when, he, when he's in the pocket under no pressure, yeah, he can he can throw 10, 15 yards to to guys, and and he's got a decent arm. But I mean, it's just this this Falcons defense was really really poor. Um, so I'm not I'm not really I know he scored 23 points and the offense moved the ball better than they have done through the first two weeks. I think that was our best move in the ball display, I think, on offense. Um, but I just, I still struggle to read anything into it. Um, that's a, like I said, that's a really poor Falcons defense. And um, and we still struggled at times to, to move the ball on them. Um, so I I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, to be honest, I, 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 I'm not even really looking at Geno Smith anymore. I'm more concerned about this running game and the receiving game because these are the guys that, are going to be here longer term in terms of the starters. We know, we all know Gino's a, a bridge guy, so I'm not I'm not really too too fussed. Gino will just play week to week. How Gino will play? If it's bad, it's bad. If it's if it's good enough to get us a win, it's good enough to get us a win. Um, I'm I'm looking at other positions and paying more attention to that at this point. Um, but from what we saw from Gino, um, because Pete Carroll promised us to open open the playbook a bit more and and throw the ball downfield a little bit more this week. Did we see that in our in 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 your opinion, guys? And 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 what did we make from from Gino under centre this week? Do you want to do you want to start, Josh? As your unmuted and Pez isn't? Um, yeah. Um, I, you know what? A seventy-two percent pass completion percentage. It, it you can't really whinge at it. The my issue with Gino, and we've said this in the last pod, is. Although he's accurate and he completes his passes, his passes don't actually open anything up. Mm. Like he's, he's had, he's, he had a few good passes. You know, he had the, a couple of the throw to DK and the end zone was absolutely fine. I just, it's, that's the only pass I can remember. Mm. He had the, the one across, no, in fact, he had the, the long cross field one to Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. That was it. No, nothing about Gino's play. Makes me stand up and go, oh, what a throw! Oh, you know what? He, he's not a game changer. He can't. He's a game manager. He's that point guard that Pete wanted. But I think if we want to win games, we need something a little bit more. We can't just have someone who's willing to take four or five yards every time, mm. because it it there's that whole thing of yeah, you keep your defense off the field for as long as possible, fantastic. But then you're keeping your offense on the field for far too long as well. Yeah. And it's just lads running routes for absolutely no reason. They're they're gonna be there's gonna be people streaking down the field on a goal route, but getting nowhere or doing nothing. 
And after a while, they're going to be like, oh, another one. It's another four yards, another five yards, another whatever. And, you know, 325 yards, absolutely fine. Although I'm, I'm currently looking at ESPN and it says that it's 308 yards for the team. So obviously we've got called back. Um, two TDs, one interception, sacked twice, two sacks. You know, I'm, I'm happy that our old line is actually showing up and is they're protecting Gino. Imagine if we actually had a better QB with an old line like that. Is it showing up? Do you I think? think it's, it's, I think it's better than it has been recently. Uh, mm. And you know, last week I think Gino had even even this game. Gino had seemed to have more space to make decisions than we have done previously, which is a godsend because think about the past, the past old lines we had. If Gino didn't have that time, he we wouldn't have even scored 23. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I think the two rookies on the outside are holding up. I think when you oh, move... The inter- interior Interiors, poor. I mean, Austin Blyze is a, is a, is a 39.6 on PFF. And, and if anyone else is wondering... Uh, Abraham Lucas is 62.6, Gabe Jackson is 51.9, uh, Damian Lewis is 53.7, and Charles Cross 60.2. Um, so the two offensive t- tackles on the boundaries are, are, are at, the, at this moment in time, and it's what we've said, they've been the most impressive guys on on the offensive line in preseason and, and at the start of the season. So that that bodes well for, for the Steelers in terms of the draft strategy going forward and, and potentially identifying talent. Um but yeah, that that interior of the offensive line for me is is isn't holding up. Where's the guys on the perimeter is? But it's an interesting because they have they have played well in glimpses and they have given Gino time to throw enough to get 325 yards anyway. Um, but yeah, it's I think you see in the especially in the second half of the game, attrition starts to set in. Same with the defensive line guys that will come on to, and that's when the sacks start to come. Um, but yeah, Pez, what, what your what are your opinions on on Gino after that game? Were you were you impressed? Did you see the playbook being opened a little bit more, or was it just more of the same from you? Um, it just looked like week one. It's mm. not about opening the playbook, in my opinion. It's stupid, just stupid, pointless words in in a presser. He he just did what he did in week one. We're not all. Like, oh, we're not opening the playbook to him. You did what you did in week one. Mm. That's that's all I see, saw from Gino. He threw some really nice passes. I was like, oh, cheers. It made me sit up and I was like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty impressive, to be quite honest. He, he, he clearly has the talents there, but I, I just, I'm just with Josh. Like, what, you've, all, you've said everything that needs to be said about Gino Smith, really. Um, it's just it, it's just such an easy offense to to play against defensively, isn't it? It's so predictable, you but, know. But, do, do you know what it is? I've, I, I, I was watching the game and I thought it didn't really process it because by the end, it, the second half, it's just it's the same. It's the same shite as it has been the last three weeks. First mm. half amazing, second half it's like first half Waldron, second half Pete. It all goes conservative. It all goes. It all dies down. It doesn't make sense. Yet again, it just shows our style of play is just aging. It's just mm. an aging style that will literally bury us for seasons if we do not do something about it soon. Whoever's fault that is. Whoever's fault that is. 
at this point, I don't really care. It's just I want to know whose point, who, whose fault it is because I, someone put on Twitter what was quite funny saying it's going to be hilarious um, in the draft next year if John and Peter still here when they pick um, two defensive players in the first round and don't do don't pick a quarterback up because they think they can do it with Gino. And it's just it's just it's stuff like that because you you wouldn't put it past these guys. You genuinely, they, they try and be clever, try and be cute, overthink it, outdo themselves. And instead of picking a Young or a Stroud or a Levis who are all there ready for them in the lap, they'll go, oh, well, we've got Russ in the third round, so let's try and find another Russ in the third round that we can, a diamond in the rough type thing. Um, going off on a tangent with Gino. And let's take Will Anderson. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I take the one, listen. Right, I'll I take it. I've got a tangent with Gino, but because you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head from like everything you said for me personally, he just, um, he just is who he is, and what we saw in this game is what we saw last year. Hmm. But don't forget, everyone. And it's what we'll see every ev- year. Everyone and- thinks the, the the Jags game amazing. Well, you've kind of played the Jags. Of this year, and you got like you, you couldn't get it done, mate. You just couldn't get it done. The Saints last year, the Rams last year, all them big teams last year. When it comes clutch and he needs to finish, don't get me wrong, flag kind of derailed it. Three and 18, it's hard, it is a hard situation, but he did some questionable things on the drive itself, in my opinion, where he could have maybe extended. But th- then again, it's like Short, short to intermediate, nothing deep. Mm. And um, really, he, he should have had another pick because that pick went straight through that the Falcons player's hand mm. in, the, in the second quarter, wasn't it? So that should have been a pick. Get him um, on the move. Get him on the move. Unsettle him. Mm. And you find out what type of quarterback he is. And I just think, before we get on to the, to the tight ends, um, is, wasn't the whole point of, of Geno Smith being the quarterback one was so that we win a game like this. I just it, 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 as the ultimate game manager to to keep a game like this close. We're, we're supposed to win this game then. In in Gino's defence, he helped us get to twenty three points, and I don't think it was Gino that lost this game. Gino did what he could to try and win it, and you got to think Gino's mm. ability compared to some of the quarterbacks in the league is limited. It he is. he's a mediocre quarterback in a league full of superstars but as a mediocre quarterback he's led us to 23 points on the board mm-hmm. now the issue that we'll discuss later on in the pod isn't Gino in this case I mean yeah, 325 yards it's not a bad showing like and th- this is what some... I find the most frustrating like it's not a bad showing two TDs from one interception you know he, he did alright 32 out of 44 his throws, and you know he got some of his receivers in the game. I mean, Lockett seventy six yards, DK got sixty four, uh, Parkinson forty four, Disley thirty three, Marquise Goodwin thirty one, Noah Fant, big bugbear of mine, twenty seven. But the, the, he got that he spread the ball about. There's so many receivers there, but he wasn't the issue in this game. That pick at the end. That mm. was an issue, but yeah. that's because he was trying to play hero ball. He should never have been put in that position to try yeah. and play hero ball because that is not who he is. He is he, he's fine just throwing that ball about a little bit, 
you know, getting us those 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 dink and dunk yards, a couple of like 10, 20 yards every now and again, fine. He is not going to throw you a Hail Mary in the last 30 seconds of a game to win you that game. He's not he's not going to throw a rust ball. He can't do a moon ball. And they need to realise this. But he he's absolutely fine in what he's doing, and he mm. should be. It's not his fault, this. And I, 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 as much as I was against him in pre-season, saying we should have put Locke in there for a higher upside, this game kind of proved to me that he can do it. He can put up numbers. He can he can hit his receivers. I just think he was let down massively by the but, defence on this. But bringing Locke into it, whilst we're on the quarterbacks, bringing Locke into it, because even though Gino's showing enough that Pete's not going to bench him, um, Pete, it's a double-edged sword for Pete. You, you don't play lock. There's, in my personal opinion, there's got to be answers to why you, in all the things that we've read, it comes out and says that that's the guy you wanted. That's why I named my fancy team the Loch Ness Monsters. Yeah. Guys, guys, so, guys! But can you can you just realise that it's a whole media spin? They're gonna they've they've just got rid of their franchise quarterback. They've got the option to get a guy who's another quarterback who's got starting reps and came out of the draft well. You're going to turn around to people and go, well, we asked for him because we looked at him in the draft. We really wanted him. We think he's a great player. Because then fans are going to go, oh, actually, there might be something about him. Whereas we all know Drew Locke is who he is. He he can throw big balls, but he throws big big time interceptions. But when we've got him, everyone goes, oh, is it Gino? Is it Locke? Is it Gino? Is it Locke? In reality, it doesn't fucking matter because they're both subpar. Let's face it. But But it might be a media spin. And I do know it's a media spin. We all know it. We all know Pete's full of bullshit in the media. Like, we were talking about all through COVID. Like, he had no one in front of him. And his lines were just yeah, yeah. coming out of his mouth. I if if he was Pinocchio, line. he'd have like a 12-foot nose been out, wouldn't he? I'm doing it from the, from the point. I'm being a stubborn little brick when I do it. <laughs> But the simple fact is because I'm sick of him doing it. So I'm going to hold him accountable yeah. to every little lie he says. You come out and say, oh, I, I want Drew Locke. And then you don't play him. You need to answer for that. Mm-hmm. But then... But Gino won that, the position but, in preseason. Let's face it. Gino, that's a, that's, Gino that's played totally better than Locke. No, but that's a totally different conversation. What could take us down the rabbit hole? Because in my personal opinion... From the get-go, G, G, um, Drew was just put on a back foot with, with it. Because the thing how I look at it now is Gino and Drew, are ex- essentially they're exactly the same people. But do you know what I think Drew brings what Gino doesn't is that deep ball. He's going to throw interceptions, but look at Gino. As soon as Gino tries to throw out the short intermediate, he is literally the percentage of interception rate goes up through the roof. So you've got two of the same guys, but you've got one guy who can actually throw them with some accuracy and a guy who clearly really struggles doing it. Age difference, whatever it is, ability, whatever it is, I just look at it and just think, with Drew in there, could Drew have actually connected with DK? A a lot better. But it's all about possession. It's all about the ball. And Gino protects the ball. Drew wouldn't. Drew would throw up one of these 60-yard bombs and get picked off by a, a strong safety or a free safety in the back because we don't know that, didn't though, see that coverage. Because he's not playing. We, 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 we will find out that. in mid-season before we get down <laughs> this rabbit hole, that. boys. Come on. And two, we, G- and, and two it doesn't <laughs> two. really matter. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you say you say it's all about the ball. Something I had a little look at. I said it's all about the ball, time of possession again. Battle. We won. We won time of possession this game. My app doesn't say that. I thought we did. We were 30, 30, 32 minutes to 28. Yeah, my time of possession. Statistical app. Get rid of I that app, we mate. Were. If that's yeah, where your facts are coming from, it's bloody lying. It's mugging you off. I know the point you're trying to make, though. Pepper, yeah, I, I, and, I get it, mate. I, I get it as well. But I think the fact of the matter is, with when you're a coach, you have to have a philosophy, and that's what that's your guiding principle. It's very hard to come away from it. Pete's philosophy has always been it's always been about the ball. That's where he he wants to win the turnover battle. He wants to retain the ball. That's why he's so his offense is predicated on the run game. Not that you'd know this season, because he wants to maintain the ball. He wants to keep the he wants to keep the time. But at the moment. I don't think he. You can have the faith in Drew Lock, especially based on the last game of preseason, to to keep you the ball. It's just not going to happen. And this is where he's going to be riding pine for a bit until it gets to a point where we're just like, this is untenable now. What are we going to do? Just chuck, just just chuck Drew in it. We we've we've paid him some money. We signed him, and we can't stand him on the bench forever. Off you go, young man. And then he'll throw like three interceptions and maybe throw him three massive touchdowns. Well. We'll moving, on, moving on, because we'll that's time of possession situation. I had a look into that, and that would send me down the rabbit hole of total off topic. Yeah, but, but we love rabbit holes on this pod, so we don't mind the odd one here and there. Um, well, time of, time of possession, then. Well, you've set him off now. He's not been. <laughs> I think the last time they were a top 10 unit, if that's his main key of philosophy, one of his main keys, not been a top 10 unit since 2019. And then if that's one of his key philosophy things, he's not been a top five unit since like 2016, 17. Like, mm. That's a little nugget on that. But Josh brought up the running backs. Now, I think, <sighs> one minute, if you can hear that bleeping noise, I don't know what. I'm using my wife's iPad and someone's emailing her at 8.10. Check their name. About Pez, the, you might be getting replaced. Uh oh. Drew Lock starting next week in Pez's household. Um, should we get Lee to these running backs then? Uh, uh, email address is longdick123 oh, at hotmail.com. <laughs> How do you know my email? <laughs> Rashad Penny. Is that a first breakout game for him of the season? Uh, is it bollocks? No, it's 14 week. carries. No. no? Can, can I, should we, should we just compare and contrast quickly? Sorry, Pez, but 14 carries, 66 yards, an average of 4.7 yards per carry. Right? Yeah. Cordero Patterson, 17 carries, 141 yards with an average of 8.3. That is not a breakout for, for Rashad Penny. That's Rashad Penny getting a little bit more ball and going, oh, I can maybe do so, stuff, but he's not on the level yet. So, I understand where you're coming from, James. Thank I you. think I understand where you're both coming from. I, I do feel like, like we're going to get on to a minute. The Falcons' defense, their run defense, got solid before the half. Our run defense, as we're going to get on to, was non existent. So, stats wise, I'm not going to compare the two. But I understand in the sense of where James is coming from is why I wanted to get onto the running backs is because 
in a way, kind of, it wasn't a breakout because, like Josh said, the, the stats, the usage, it all wasn't there. But it kind of was a eye, like a eye opener, and going, so he still does have it. Oh, he's because got it. it if they didn't sort their run defense out, he yeah. was going fucking two hundred yards. He was gashing. Do you know the scary, the scary thing about was it the it? first, first got, three runs of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, he got all yards. first downs or something. Yeah, yeah. He got thirty <laughs> yards. So he got half his yardage in the first three, three runs. runs. So, but do you know what? At the end of the day, the defense is going to be a lot of negativity. So. I, I wanted to go onto these running backs personally because I just wanted to bring out the positivity for the running some, backs. Spring some uh, positivity into the running backs. Go on, Pez. And the way Rashad Penny ran, and the way the things that I watched from Ken Walker, there's no reason why Rashad Penny has to get injured this year. There's no reason why you have to burn him out. There's no re- and do you know what? I chucked DJ Dallas into there. I was going to say. First bit because, of action for him. Um, in a way, for me personally, I think it's hard to say, but in a way, I'm kind of glad Travis Homer is out for a little bit because only person—it's just a personal preference, nothing against him. I just want to see what DJ Dallas can truly be like with this new style and this new aggression he's got when now he's getting touches because like I said there's no reason Rashard Penny needs to get injured this year because you in my watching this game the glimpses Ken Walker on his own that rotation with them two means Rashard Penny shouldn't need to be anywhere near the injury slate. Honestly mm-hmm. Rashard Penny looks fucking great but that Ken Walker mate that run on the like, sweep. They yeah. do, they do, they do um, little shorts on YouTube. I watched it so many times because that kid is is going to be sensational. He is going to be like he's just going to be different gravy, like compared to what we've had. Because the funny thing is, as well, I listened to Pete's presser and from yesterday, and he went in the wrong direction. He said yeah. he's still got things to work out. He's still rookie. He's just really keen and hyper because he's missed so much time in training camp and at the start of the year. He's just so keen to get going and prove himself. Mm. And he went the wrong way. And he said to then just run into a guy, stay up, and then run the opposite way, full yardage, and then literally truck, was it that linebacker, yeah. just take mm-hmm. him out like, if this is my final bit of this play, you're going out. And do you know? Made... Do you know what I liked? I liked his sidesteps. That every time, like the the way he sidesteps, he sort of does a toe drag as well. Mm. So yeah. you, you're not sure if he's just going to keep going that way. But the fact he manages to turn on his toe and the bend in the ankle to go the other way. Plus, you get to see that lovely shot of, of all the like the the black pebbles coming up as he does. Oh, mate, it, it was some sexy running. I'll give oh, it that. Mate. Like Pez, I'm, I'm I'm all aboard the uh, the Kenneth Walker train with I... you now, mate. And another one about the whole Brees Hall, Ken Walker. I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to say by the end of this season, injuries dependent, Ken Walker is going to be the better running back than Brees Hall. Because people said the only reason he wasn't the favoured running back was because of his catching three catches, 14 yards. Three out of three. Caught all of them. 
Not a single problem, not double fingers, not this, not that. It's just Michigan didn't use him like that because he literally was a dog in college. Mm. And this he just ran through people. But this game showed it as well. He like made that guy miss, ran into who was blocking um, Eskridge. Great blocking. Great, great. At least can do something. Yeah. yeah. You know what? For his size as well, really strong that muscle in him. Well, he's, he's, he's. And then just went the other way. Look at Eskridge. Like from the waist down, he has got tree trunks as legs. So he's got that lower body, but the rest, but it's just you don't see him do anything else because what he had something like it's like three or four offensive snaps this like yeah, this game, it's, and it wasn't targeted a <laughs> single time. It's, what has that one? Do, what has he done? Has he sent texts to like Pete Carroll's daughter or something? Like, it, does he have has he been found out? I don't know. It, it, or don't niece, know. whatever. But he he must have done something He's wrong. Done. Yeah. He he has done something wrong. Who, who are we to judge, mate? It's you like know what? Uh, before we get onto the receivers as well. When I watched Ken Walker on that on that sweep, I, I I just thought I would love to see him on kick returns. I know I know DJ Dallas played really well and on the kick returns. I know he did Pez. I know he did. But I would just love to see Ken Walker get a couple and see what he could do on kick returns. Personally, I wouldn't risk him on no, kick I, returns. I get what you're saying. He I get what you're saying because his ability. But I do, I do understand where you're coming from. But you don't need to, and you don't ever need to put Tyler Lockett anywhere near that return. Punt returns, oh, kick returns, two returns, fifty-two yards. Yeah, really good. Average of twenty-six, longest thirty. We talked about it last year. That's what made DJ Dallas good. And then when he got the snaps at running back as well, the the catches two for two, seventeen. He's running. He's running hard. He's running aggressive. We spoke about it this off season. We all love him, and. Now Homer is unfortunately out. Hopefully, that this can start solidifying himself in that mm. trio. Because I, th- I did say he'll be RB two, but that's going to be wrong with the way Ken Walker showed up. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that play alone, he's just going to. And he like, needed that, didn't he? It. I'll save that for my uh, positive Pez section. You there. save that Pez, but yeah, <laughs> it, come on. <laughs> it just felt like it felt like such a relief to watch Ken Walker finally almost break those handcuffs off and get a big play under his belt and, and just show everyone this is what I can do. And and yeah, just just the way he made the miss, I thought, you know what, I would love to see that lad on on kick returns potentially. But I I, I know I want to wrap him in cotton wool as well. And and and, and I and just see. love great running backs. I we love all love great running back backs. play. It gets me excited. And do you know what Not I also like you, love? James, you weirdo. Cheers, mate. I've done nothing to you. Uh, do you know what I also love? Tight end usage. I love throwing to the tight ends, and so did Geno Smith uh, this weekend. Uh, Kobe Parkinson, two receptions for 44 yards. Another nice day for Kobe, getting more and more into the system now, which we love to see. Will Disley, 34 yards, and that touchdown, really good throw from Geno. Really nice route from Disley. Welcome uh, to Disneyland. Welcome to Disneyland, yes, Pez. At least you're getting value out of your fancy name. I'm not. Noah <laughs> uh, Fant, again, frustrating because I would like to see Noah Fant be used more, as you've said, Josh. I think he is a really unique weapon. But, I mean, 27 yards, he contributed. He got some important first down throws when we were moving, trying to move the sticks in crucial situations. Um, so I think they're just figuring out how to use Noah Fant. But I think we will get there with him because uh, I do think he's too talented not to. Um, but I must say, in terms of, all right, Pete Carroll maybe didn't open the playbook for Geno Smith in terms of throwing down the field. 
I thought the playbook was open quite nicely and I did like the play calling in that short to intermediate game. I think we, because you've got to, I think if we're going to have a, a Geno Smith as quarterback, you've got to be as creative as possible if we're just going to keep throwing it short and intermediate. Otherwise, defences will just pick you off three or four times a game and, 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 and run away with games on defence. So you've got to be creative then. And and I think we were, like I said, we saw Ken on the sweeps, nice players in, in, into all the tight ends. Again, like you said, Josh, going down the list, so many people getting involved. Marquise Goodwin on that fourth down. Love to see it, the fourth down going for it. I love to see that. And, and then Pez's boy, Penny Hart. Penny Hart, yeah. One catch, 15 yards. Finally, in the my... Wi-Fi connection is back. <laughs> it's been re in, uh, in my uh, notes, that one catch, Penny Hart season. Penny Hart season. <laughs> it's, it's... But he was good. On the move. Going at speed, like glue, them hands. I'm yeah. telling you, get that boy in that. Get that boy. Eskridge, see you later, kid. Right. He'll be in Denver next week if Russell Wilson's seen that right. player, though, won't he? Penny, Penny Hart, I told you, is the understudy to... We said this with the, the way the squad was announced. Penny Hart is the understudy to, to lock, lock it. And as soon as Lockett went off, Hart came in. Mm. I can't actually find the yards for for DS. Did he get zero yards, DS? Did it? Was he not even? I don't remember him getting a catch. He wasn't even targeted, no. It wasn't even targeted. That's awful, isn't it? I think it was like three, three or four. He lined up for three or four plays. He did the block for Ken Walker. I think was it Eskridge, whoever it was, Um, and then he just he he vaporized. Yeah, he teleported (sighs) away, and no one's ever seen him. Well, I put that tweet out on, on my social media. I said, when we signed Marquise Goodwin, I said, I really don't think this makes good reading for D. Eskridge and, and, and people. And then we've said on this podcast, ah, oh, yeah. We, and, and as the vast opinion was that he's probably just going to be a training camp guy, just a guy for, for the quarterbacks to throw to in training camp and all that kind of stuff. And we've said, he, he's it, Pete Carroll was, it was raving about him all preseason, all training camp, that when this guy's healthy, He's as quick and as, and as electric as he's ever been, and, and we and we really like what we're seeing in Goodwin, and and they've and they've not been shy to target Goodwin in these big crucial situations. I mean, that was fourth and what fourth and one, fourth and two in 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 that early drive, targeting Marquise Goodwin, uh, putting a whole lot. You, you could have easily done that with DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's practically practically as quick as Marquise Goodwin is. He could have run that route, but they, they chose to go with Marquise Goodwin, and and I think I think you're seeing a. a I think he's established himself as, as the number one slot receiver on this team throughout the first three weeks of the season. Um, so I, I, I've been impressed with Goodwin, um, and 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 like I say, I, I was really impressed with with the play calling. And, and Josh, do we think that that was a, a Shane Waldron game then through that play calling? Yeah, yeah. You, you look at the the variety of receivers, the variety of of run fits, and and the variety of just just the receiving packages as well. I think. That had Waldron written all over it. That that was him using what he had in Geno to the best of his ability. Mm-hmm. I, I I personally think he's got quite a few deep shots in his arsenal, but he obviously can't use them right now mm. um, because Geno can't throw them. But I mean, how many have we got? Two, four, six, eight, ten. Ten players offense got receptions. Mm-hmm. That that is spreading that ball around, you know. Mm-hmm. And the numbers, I think, they're fantastic. I mean, the, the, the fact that we said this earlier, like in a few pods ago, if with the tight end group we've got, they should be getting more ball. Mm. And they are showing up right now. You know, Will Disley, what, two touchdowns on the year already? Yep. 
Yeah. You know, Colby Parkinson is looking all the bit of a weapon that we we hoped he'd be. Yeah. And the, the guy's got some wheels on him as well. Like, that that, yeah, that run quick. was <laughs> just it's quicker than like what it. I thought. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like watching a giraffe gallop, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think Waldron is starting to call these games, which is exciting to see based on the, the limited abilities got from his quarterback. And that's not saying he's, he's not doing well, Gino, he is, but we, let's face it, you know, he's, he's limited in what he can do. I'm, I'm excited to see when we start kicking on, when we actually introduce the run game properly and what, what opens up, being able to get DK, lock it, the tight ends more. Like Marky's Goodwin, you know, fair play, James. I'll take my, I'll tip my hat to you there. I was hoping it would be an Eskridge breakout year. It's not going to be. But Goodwin just absolutely burned across on that slant route. Like, was, it, was it a linebacker that he just absolutely so, yeah. skinned? He just left him for dust. And the separation was amazing. I, I'm quite excited about having him on the team, to be honest, because he's, he's an absolute burner. But mm. I just think we need to start calling the games uh, a bit more, personally, a bit more run-centric. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Um, it, it, it's quite interesting that, before I uh, say something that's completely, absolutely BS, um, it's quite interesting that the Titans got used quite a lot in the first game. Not that much in the second game, just two for two for Disley, two for two for Noah Fan. Parkinson was a non-factor. Mm. And then in this game, you had all three getting in the mix. But Gino m- must throw a receiver-friendly ball because all three of them, all three of them, two for two, Two, where are they all? Two for two, three for three, four for four. That's fan. Um, fan, funny enough, got more more receptions than any of them, but just didn't do anything with them, kind of thing. But it's clearly a pattern to help Gino get these Titans involved all the time, and I think that's a that is a Waldron thing because I yeah. don't, I, I think over our years the whole not using the Titans so much. I don't think it was as much as a rusting or more as a Pete thing because the old line was so shy. He, he just kind of inverted into this. The Titans are solely used to block. For blocking. He, he only found blocking Titans. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I think, oh, you said something before and I've lost, uh, lost my train of thought with it. Yeah, the Waldron thing. It's interesting because that third, the first half, Definitely a Waldron, a, a, a Waldron man thing. But it's just like that Broncos game, the second half, it goes super conservative. But you can, but you, and then you can compare how the Rams were with Waldron. They they were on it, they were on it full game. Mm-hmm. We all know who who's a guy who loves to do what the do what happens in the second. And it's like other podcasts have said, and I can only agree with what they've said. Um, it's like Pete just can't read. It's like he, he, it's like he walks into a room and he just can't read it. He can't read the room. He's that one guy who stands out like a sore thumb talking about the total wrong thing. It's, it's like, it's, it's how the... can you not understand your defense is not operating today? They're just not on it. But so kill them on offense. Just make it a shootout. 
and just let Gino keep dissecting them, short to intermediate, and then start splashing in the run game. So when they're like, oh, throw, 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 because this is so it's so baffling. Like this this is like Pete's wet dream, isn't it? He, he, the shorts intermediates working so well, but then he doesn't incorporate the run game. I'm just like, it's weird, isn't it? It's it's so weird. Where he's preached run first for so long, and now he's got Rashad Penny, who should be a, a higher on the yardage stats than he is. He's got Ken Walker back. DJ Dallas is playing well. Travis Homer, shit. I mean, even he played well. You know, he had one one run where I, I tweeted, I was like, was Travis Homer being used as a power back? Because that's what it was. It was just a power run. And he sliced through for seven yards, you know, and he carried people with him. Um, I, I, can't, I think it was Chris, um, one of our followers and a fellow podcaster, who messaged. And uh, he replied to me saying, Travis Homer will become, oh, this isn't Travis Homer's final form. He will end up as a fullback. And I can see it. I mean, you've got to think. You know, Belor's not going to have much left in him. And then Travis Homer will act as a fullback with all that size and power, able to block and can catch the ball out of the backfield. I won't be angry at that. Keep him on the team okay. for that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, You've still got to have someone to play that position. And if Nick Belor is now a linebacker, then, works, then fair works enough. For, uh, it works for the 49ers with... Um, with... Use check. Yeah. Use check. Yeah, that, that one, Pez. Yeah. yeah, don't worry. I'll be able Kyle, to... Kyle, Kyle, use check. Carl Juszczyk. Um Before we get to the defense, and is there anything else we want to say on this on on the offense and and after this game moving oh, forward? Let me, let me just check my notes because I, I, I'm I'm a, I want to keep a positive. Like I'm going to try and gleam any little positive out of this game. So the two rookie tackles were again I thought outstanding yep. considering they're rookies. Yeah. I, I cannot take that away from them. I think they've been brilliant. Charles Cross lets a couple through every game, but he's still he's still learning. And when he's coming up against these NFL pass rushes, you can forgive yeah. that. It's fitness um, as well, isn't it? I think exactly. Like there's there's a big thing, a big difference between being between being gym fit and match fit. Yeah. Um, and obviously a bit more gym work, I think he'll be fine. But then the more reps he gets, the more match fit he'll get. Abe Lucas, I just think, solid anyway. He'll he'll always give away a couple of penalties yeah. just because of the way he plays. He plays aggressive in someone's face and he's just going to try and throw someone to the ground. Mm. Um, on a big said, two fingers to Damian Lewis as well. Thanks, mate, for that end, for that holding. On see, the Go on, Pez. He doesn't need to do that yet, that is. But I was going to say about Damian Lewis, I feel bad for that guy. Right. Because, again, he's playing out of position. They drafted him for a position, and all they've done in the two or three seasons he's been here is put him at centre, change his position, just because, because he's clearly got ability. But they just need to stop messing around with him and put him back where he was good. He was good on the left. Put him back there. It wasn't like, even that bad dick- at centre. Just stop dicking around with him. Because do you know what? I feel sorry for the kid because mm. all his growth, all his young year growth is getting destroyed because Pete's like, you've got class ability. I'm just going to put you somewhere and make it work. I feel mm. sorry for the kid because he's getting so much flack. He's getting so much heat. Some granted, some not. And it's like, when you take a step out, and look at what he's done in the first couple of years, being shifted all left, all 
we loved him at the first because he was great where he was. Mm. Stop trying to be cute with shit and just let him go back to where he played great. Fair point. Fair point. I, I, I do like him as a player. I do think he's got potential. Um, I thought he had a really good rookie I, year and then he had that down year, but yeah. I, I don't like... It's not I don't like. I don't really pay attention to the O-line. But to be quite honest, they've been, from my little knowledge on the O-line, I personally say they've been doing a good job because I've been noticing them a lot more. Mm. Uh, you you notice the fact that Gino's not getting so much yeah. pressure on him. Yep. Gino's hanging in that pocket far too long. But like we said against the Broncos game, I think rookiness come the fourth quarter when the sacks start coming, there's a bit of fatigue, a bit of still getting used to it, I reckon, because mm. it always seems to be the back end of the game and then they get a little bit lax in concentration. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so before we get to our defence, uh, and, and I'm sure we all can't wait to get on to this, um, a little word from Brett Davin, our friend over at the Take 12 podcast. He is running a trip to Munich for the Seahawks and, and Buccaneers game in Germany. Um, it's an exclusive package. It's a, it's a really, really good package. And uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about it and what it offers. Hey, Seahawks fans. It's Brett Davin from the Take 12 podcast. Here to let you guys know about our trip to Germany. Our podcast, the Take 12 podcast, is going to Germany for the Munich game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have tickets to the game that we are selling as part of our travel packages, which also include three nights in a hotel in Munich and also a fantasy-style flag football game where you get to play football with six Seahawks legends who will also be on the ground in Munich. It's going to be Lofa Tatupu, KJ Wright, Leroy Hill, David Hawthorne, Sean Locklear, and Matt McCoy, and also a few other Seahawks legends are checking their schedules, so we'll update that if it changes. But we're doing dinners out. We're doing parties. We're giving you guys gift uh, packages and baskets. We're having custom flag football jerseys for that game, and like I said, we have the actual tickets to the actual game on Sunday, which rounds out our trip. We also have travel packages that don't even include the hotel. So if you already live in Europe, if you're already planning on being in Munich, but you're looking for things to do, if you want to play in a flag football game with Seahawks legends, just come do that. If you already have hotel accommodations, we have the package without the hotel also. All of the information is at 12sinmunich.com. That's 1-2-S in Munich. So check it out, and I hope to see all of you in Munich. And if you would like to get involved in that package, please do head over there to the website that he has uh, that he's instructed you to head to, and and use code We Talk Twelve at checkout for twelve percent off um, that the entire package. That is, by the way, so that it will save you a nice bit of cash um, if you do decide that that trip is for you. And and who knows? Like we said, you may as, you may even see our three lovely faces in Munich as well. Which I'm sure is pick worth your, the price. Pick your package. package. Yeah. And you I'm might sure be it's... able to you might be able to play flag football with Lofer and KJ Wright. And, and Pez. And, and Pez. <laughs> Pez running <laughs> routes. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Running big body tight end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big big body where's tight end. Where's I'm just here to block. <laughs> right. Where's my German pills to give it me now? Someone a, a group of players who weren't here to block against the Falcons. Oh, god. 
Uh, uh, lovely. Uh, tra- I'm getting so good at these transitions. I'll tell you something. It should be yeah, illegal. Yeah, mate, you're a pro. I am a pro at this point. Um, this this defense, and, and we're going to start. We work our way back to front or front to back. It should probably be uh, defensive line. Um, I, again, I called at the end of the last podcast that I would that we still haven't had a sack from a, an out and out defensive lineman this year. It's all been from linebackers and 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 defensive backs. Uh, we finally got our first one. And well, first two really, Quinton Jefferson, Quinton Jefferson, and Daryl Taylor finally getting involved in the sack party in the uh, in the in the backfield. Finally, um, so that's a big positive. Um, that's about the only positive, other than uh, than, than something else that I, I can't wait to get onto on in uh, from a certain cornerback, which I'm sure you're all aware of. Um, which one? There's two. Is it the one? No, I, the only one I care about, mate. The is only one I care about. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Your little blue yeah. pill, man. All right. Your little blue I pill, got, man. Yes. I've um, got one to gush over as well. <laughs> well, before we get to them, this defensive line, because other than the two sacks, again, um, we forewarned at the end of the podcast last time about this run defense and that we're going to be up and coming against another top class runner in Cordell Patterson. And I think by half time, I think we'd held him to about 34, 36 yards from what I remember. But then the second half, again, I don't know whether it's attrition, setting in fitness levels on these defensive linemen or whether it's just an adjustment made by the Falcons. I don't know. But the end stat line reads 17 carries for 141 yards, an 8.3 average and a rushing touchdown from Cordell Patterson. Um, that fell apart. The run def- Again, this run defence, it, it, I, I think... In total, I think it was about 179, 189 yards of rushing offense from the Falcons um, from, from all four of their running backs that got involved. Um, so I, I, off the top of my head, without looking back through the through the stats, through this first three weeks, that I think that's considerably more than 300 rushing yards that we've given up. I think it's probably closer to 400 rushing, rushing yards that we've given up. Probably like the first 31st week. in the league I think in we must rushing be. yards allowed. Yeah. Um, what, what, is this problem going to be fixed this year or is this just a, a thing that we're going to have to deal with this year that our run defence is going to be this bad because I, th- there's no replacements coming in there's no signs being made we're just putting these same guys out there and if they're not good in run defence they're not good in run defence and, and uh, it's, it's not looking good on that front is it? It's, it has to click at some point I mean there, there are slight changes from Obviously, we're playing this three, three, four in inverted commas. Mm. Although we show so many different fronts, it's it's hard to keep track. I genuinely think when we bring Boy Marfe on, mm. he looks to make a difference. That'd be one one change that I would ease. I'd happily give him more game time. And can I just jump in? Um, can I just jump in there? Because I've got Boye Mafe is ranking ninth among defensive ends slash edge defenders with an eighty point five run defense grade per PFF. That's ninth in the NFL. And can I just ask a question? Who's Daryl Johnson? He's a linebacker, I believe. They brought him in. And was it the Chicago Bears? Chicago Bear. They brought him for special teams. For, yes, I, I thought that was, I thought that was Iggy. Iggy. No, no, they brought him in. They brought him in. Let me double check. They brought another Chicago Bear in, and he was right. on special teams, but then started getting defensive uh, reps last week. Stood out, and him and. Uh, him and Boy Maffey are the only ones who can set the edge. Hmm. Sounds about right, doesn't it? it it's just it's... again, 
let's not have him be another Alton Robinson. If he's talented, which he's showing, and the, and, and the stat lines are showing that he is, and the gradings are showing that he is, come, come, start him. Start him from the off. Don't, don't just rotate him in. Start him from the off. I mean, this kid he was just, a panther. He was a panther. He went from he the Bills to the Panthers and then to us, but he's literally done one year at the Bills. Oh, no, two years at the Bills. He's a scary guy. One year at the Panthers. Could you imagine that? <laughs> that is a scary human being, yes. That's a great impression, we, Pez. I'm, I'm, so you think it's all like, I'm, you saw bits from him and I was happy with that. I just think my, the, my biggest disappointment has been, well, there's two, but I will go further back to one of them, is Daryl Taylor. So mm. much was expected of him and he's genuinely, the, the sack, strip sack, I don't class it as a sack. He he managed to to knock his hand, knock Mariota's hand whilst he had the ball. Like, he, like he, anyone, go go gadget arms. Basically, that's what happened. Mm. Um, but he, apart from that, he's doing nothing. It's it's a bit sad to see after all the promise of last year, he doesn't seem to be getting it. There's there's got to be a a point in this year, and I think I was listening to the Take Twelve pod with Lofer where he said game twelve. Game 12 is where he'd hope things come together because you start ironing things out, finding your fits and seeing where your personnel should be. I hope to Christ it's... You mean game week 12? Game... No, no, take 12, game 7, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, when you yeah, get 12, I, I was like... I've just got 12 in the break. <laughs> you know, it cut me open and that's what's inside, like a big chubby birthday cake. Um <laughs> Well, they, to be honest, this this front seven or you know the defensive front has just been utter utter shit house. Mm. Like I, I can't get past how disappointing it is, considering how hyped up we all were for it. And and for our American listeners, there's there's two phrases you'll use me use: shit house and shit housery. They don't mean the same thing. Shit house is just awful. Shit housery means a little bit of jiggery pokery, a little bit of niggling during a game. This is just, and I will say the word again, shit house. It's yes. been awful. It's it's the worst defensive front I've seen in the NFL so far. Nothing gets me off my seat. I hate it. Um, for me, I think Daryl Taylor. Without knowing it fully, I think they're using him differently than they have done last year. Do you know, like instead of mm. dropping him into outside linebacker. They're keeping him solidly on the edge. Now, I personally think, but don't forget, guys, Pete's come out in his press conference and said Daryl Johnson and Boye Maffey are going to start earlier. So let's see if that transpires next week. But I think it's going to help Daryl Taylor because he's the focal point on that line. Mm. They're doubling him up. They're blocking everything he, like his way. Because he is the danger man. They're diagnosing it. He's the danger man. We need to make sure we get him covered up. But on the flip side, the coverage stuff that's being exposed on his side of the field is horrendous. Yeah. So we go back to week one when start the game and that tight end got out in middle, like in the middle open, and Jordan Brooks was the nearest guy to him, and everyone was like, "Oh, fucking Jordan Brooks and his coverage again." That wasn't Jordan Brooks' assignment. And that's why when Jordan Brooks turned around, he was like, what the fuck? Mm. Because Daryl Taylor was meant to track the tight end and he never did it. 
I just don't know whether he's being asked to do something different than he's used to or being asked to do too much because he is the talent. Mm. But they, I think this rotation, well, we all know Pete tells the truth, this rotation on earlier might really help Daryl Taylor get into a game. Don't rely on him so much. He's still young. Let him build up. Look at the Michael Bennett. Look at, look at all them from back in the day. Mm. They were never entrusted straight away. It took them seasons to build into that position where they were every down starters. Mm. Let's not just expect so much of him so soon. But understand what the season is. It's it's a it's a shite show. And let's just see if we can get better because you you, you made the point you made the point one of you about it's only got it's got. No, no you're listening. It's got to get better. I think it was James. It's got. To, got it probably was. It's got to get better, surely. Well, it's yeah. going to get better. Like I said, I think I said it at the start. We've stopped people who are confused about this defense. Just stop. Just stop being confused. Go back the last couple of years. Check the stats. We start off crap. We get better halfway through the season. The way this season's going, it's going to be too late. And what happens? What is the cycle? What happens? This defence finishes the season really hot. Oh, well, the last six weeks do a top 10 unit. Cycle on to 2023. The same thing happens. The only two people who are still there, right, and this repeated crap, is Clint Hurt and Pete Carroll. And like I said before, a, a little dig, he's meant to be a defensive guy. And he and we are repeating consistently over and over and over again the same mistakes. Yeah, but then we brought that on line new, is exposing new... the linebackers. The linebackers aren't on you got two linebackers good enough. aren't that good in coverage. Jordan it's not good enough weak. at the moment in total. Let's be honest, I, mate. I disagree. I personally disagree. Of course you do. It's Jordan Brooks, mate. <laughs> well, let, no, but let, I mean, I, I, I've I said this. I've, I I, let, let's just let's naturally progress further back. Let's go to the linebackers. Um, so I've said this from day dot. If Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton are having to make more tackles, that means that people are getting through or around our defensive line. Jordan Brooks, and I, I know you love him, Pez, and I can completely understand it because I think in time he will be brilliant. This season, though, over these first three games, I think he has looked shit. I'll be honest. His coverage has been bad. He's missed tackles. He's made tackles, but he's missed easy ones. He doesn't look like a Bobby Wagner replacement just yet. I think he's going to need another season. This season, I, I will... Like, I, I know you're probably clenching your fist right now, and I, I understand it because I, I really want to see him succeed. I want him to see Bobby 2.0 with more speed, but he's not doing it. His, his coverage, I don't even get me started on Barton. Barton oh, has don't. been... Signed George Shaw, but please, so I never have Thank to you. see Cody Barton. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like, Cody, bring him in for segments of the game. Let him have a bit of an impact sporadically, but don't play him all the time. But I think Jordan has either he's taken on too much as a defensive play caller. It's quite evident he's not calling the right defensive plays if he's relaying that message because he calls at the line as well. And the amount people are running on us and the amount people are passing over, even into the middle of the field, means something is inherently wrong. His pass numbers are fantastic because the rest of the line is shocking. 
And it pains me to say it because I want Jordan to have that C on his chest and be a Seahawks great. But at the moment, he's not showing it. The whole defence isn't showing it. And uh, I, I know it's going to annoy you, Pez. So I will let you fire back now. Pez just looks absolutely flabbergasted at the I Jordan don't know if his screen's wonder. frozen again. <laughs> oh, no, he's right. There's no, movement. no. No, I think I think that it's, it's the, the, the results and stats prove it, mate. Don't get me wrong. I think I kind of get on board with the whole play calling thing. Um, no, do you know what? I can't get on board with it um, because <laughs> he did it. He did it in uh, he did it in college. He did the same thing yeah, in yeah, college. Yeah, college and the NFL are different. I personally different. Calling plays is the same fucking thing as college or it's, the NFL. It's not though. It's like saying go, I go from playing amateur football or rugby to playing professional. It's completely different, mate. It's completely different because what you've got to think is how how long has he been in the league now? Two, three, three years now, yeah? And he's playing against players that have been in the league for five, six, seven, eight years that know how to play this game better than him. In college, it's a it's a microcosm of a semi-professional environment. So you've got you're there for three, four years max, unless you're one of these freaks who stays for as long as possible, right? So you've got three years at a decent program playing against lesser programs. But at the end of the day, every single team in the NFL has got someone, if not two, three, four players who are top one, two round draft picks, right? And they have all pros. They have, you know. They, they've got a plethora of people. It's different that way. I think Jordan Brooks, he's been given this play call assignment, which I, I hope goes really well for him. But this year he's struggling. And the stats, the, the results are showing it. The fact people are able to run all over us and pass that ball through the middle of the field. It is shocking right now. It really is. Like, I'm, 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 I'm trying to, you need you turn a lot to miss, but I'm, it's bugging the shit out of me. It really is. It's not all down to him. I can get on board with the coverage, but the tackling though, everyone missed tackles. I'm yeah. not I'm I'm not I'm not gonna get on board with little micro things because the person like well, every single game, he's the number one leading tackler for a reason. Because he doesn't really miss many tackles. Someone leaped over him, yeah, it made him look like a tip, but he missed one shooting through a gap. But that then things happen. Bobby Wagner did it. At the end of the day, he's in the middle, there's a lot of responsibility in his shoulders, so he stands out. It's a bit like Quandra Diggs. Quandra Diggs stands out. But he stood out a lot at the moment. For, 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 not, for not being that well. But this is the thing. That none of them are really doing that well. Like, But I am not here defending Jordan Brooks and his coverage skills. I hold my hands up and say that. But open field tackling, he may have missed a few, but everyone misses them. Everyone can miss them. Like... So I, 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 it's not even my bias that I like him. I just disagree with that element. Also, talking about Cody Barton, listening to other podcasts, they actually said it from a point of view of they were like you who said who they look more into the tape and stuff. They were like you and said like he wasn't that great. Like the whole defense wasn't that great. Um, but they were like. They look at it and think Jordan Brooks sometimes looks like he's trying to do too much because of who's next to him. Because me and James, years ago, like, was it the first year we started? We had that passionate rant, that podcast about Cody Barton. Yes. And we both agreed that 
Cody Barton will only ever be a plug-and-play guy. That's why it makes him great. You play him, and I'm sure we said it this off-season, you play him consistently every single game. He soon we gets found out. out. Mm-hmm. Like, and what did we say the other week? What did we say the other week? Like, you can't have Jordan and Kobe. <clears throat> Cody. 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 Um, you can't have them two together and expose them in the open field. And, you know, do, we're going to get onto the secondary, but mm. it is what it is, them two. It's just like they just had a shit game. Coverage was fucking crap. Um, like people are saying that Cody Barton's kind of like a hindrance in the middle. You need a bit more, like we said, rope on Smith. If you had a rope on Smith with Jordan, mm. I think that unit, complete different story. Oh, but absolutely. I honestly, I honestly think the biggest problem, I'm kind of sorry, James, I'm going to transition into the secondary. With Good luck. These are natural transitions, mate. This is the way it should be. Um, without telling you I'm about to transition. Is <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think this defence is struggling right now in all assets of the field mm. because the whole defence was created around Jamal Adams. Mm. Go back to week one at the, before he got injured. He is the guy who stood out on that defense. It was the focal point. He was at the line. He was in the middle. He was this. He was this. He was this. And I think that's why the the linebackers are getting exposed a lot. The line's not going as well because I think Clint hurt. At the end of the day, when you talk about energy and aggression and high tempo, who do you think Jamal Adams? And who else? And who else do you think? Who I think now needs to come in? Ryan Neal. Is it time yeah. for Ryan Neal to take over Mate, from Josh Jones? plays every time he plays. I honestly believe that this whole defensive plan, well, not the whole defensive plan, that's bad, bad to say, but I think the main focus was Jamal was going to be used as a weapon mm. all over the field to just just, just to take offences out of the rhythm. Is he getting the line? Is he the coverage? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? Where is he? What's he doing? I honestly do, and I think that's why this defense is actually really struggling now. Mm. Because once he left the Broncos game, they struggled. They struggled last week, and they struggled this week. And I think it's going to take a couple more weeks before they can shake it back up and figure it out, like really figure it out. But I, I honestly believe that Jamal Adams was the focal point. Does, does that not annoy you though? Like fair play. You, you, when you've got a player like Jamal, as much stick as he gets recently, he can be a game wrecker. And he proved that in his first season with us, was it nine and a half sacks, right? But if you are going to formulate a defensive game plan based solely around a man who has been injured so much over the last season, you're going to come a cropper straight away. Why, as a professional defensive coaching staff, do they not have backup plans that are already trained and easy to implement. If Jamal goes out, they need to be able to flick a switch and go, Jamal's out, revert to this, and this will work. But at the moment, they don't seem to be able to do that. It seems to be... They, they look rudderless. They, they just, just make it. They look like they're just making it up every, on per play at this point. Every time. Yeah. And there's so much space for people to, to just to move into gaps. It's it's so infuriating to see because we as we as spectators, it's all I know. We're all on armchair coaches at the end of the day, but 
when you look at it on TV and you can see exactly what's going wrong, who has hit the wrong gap, who has stood too far off in soft coverage, it, it's it's so infuriating because I know coaches and the players don't have TVs on the sideline, but they they do enough bloody film review. Why haven't they addressed it? Why don't they? It, I, they, you, they must do it. It's it's a it's a just a stand apart. If do they don't, what, then do you know what's weird, Josh? For me, is you're bringing Carl Scott and Desire, Sean Desire, right? And this defense looks exactly the same. Still rushing with four. It looks worse. Yeah, still like, rushing with four. <laughs> That's a Pete Carroll trait. Rushing with yeah. four. Rushing with four. Like. Why bring in these guys, man? Why waste your effing time? Like, it pisses me off. Why do it if you're just going to do what you want to do anyway? Yeah. Like, nothing's changed. Nothing. Like, oh, man. No, no think, Pez, things have changed. We look worse and we lose to teams like the Falcons that we should be beating. Do you know what this team is? Do you know what this defence is? To sum it up, this is, do you know, like, on like comics and stuff, you open the head of someone and you look inside and you normally look at the chimpanzees. Yeah. The defense in this performance is what's in Pete Carroll's flipping head right now. He's confused, lost, doesn't know. Defense just running around with blindfolds in like bird boxes. So it's like if you open Pete Carroll's head, it would just be that meme of Gino looking down the field going, What happened there? But, but, I thought there were bright spots. Yeah. But, there is oh, one yeah, man we'll who is here to save the Seahawks defense. Oh, here we go. The blue pill. Is Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen, yes. Oh, my God. That lad gets me up and excited. Um, that was a hell of a pick, wasn't it? I, 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 look, it was a stupid play by the Falcons. It shouldn't have happened. He should have never even have been in that position to get the interception. I understand that. Um, for, for our YouTube viewers, that's Pez's Kitchen. That's Pez's Kitchen, yes, that I'm not editing out. <laughs> Please do feel free to raid any of the supplies if you know where he lives. Um, and, and, and yes, to our American viewers, we have washing machines in the kitchen. Or, yes. yeah. We have a nice. And, and he's got a gin rack. Because he's he's that type of posh. Anyway, sorry, we were just trying to detract from the excitement. We're trying to bring you down a level when you talk about Tariq Woolen because otherwise you get a bit too excited. No, I don't. I'm get, I, no, I, have I, your I, moment in the sun, James. Go, go, go. We need some positive. His, 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 his amazing pick that was meaningless at the end of the day. It wasn't meaningless. Not to me. Not to me in my head. It wasn't meaningless. The way, the, if you go back and watch it, right, If the watch the way he jumps the receiver and gets to that ball. It is I'm checking it is top level. This He's kid, this kid is going to be special. And I'm telling you, Quinton Jefferson, if you've watched it, we mentioned him on the, on this podcast earlier. He said in his pretty much interview, and I quote, Tariq Woolen is going to be one of, if not the best cornerbacks in the NFL in three or four years' time. You can see it. Well, Go on, Pez. Jeff's been listening to our podcast because he's taking it after the mighty James Barker. Well, clearly. It draft. Time. Yes, did I did. You or did you not? I did. I you did, did call it. Day. I'm telling you, this lad is special, man. And and, and look, I know we're going to get to Kobe as well. And I, and I was really happy with yeah. Kobe's sack. Yeah. I, I I want to see us using Kobe more like that because he's quick and electric off coming off the edge like that. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him use like they were using Jamal last year off the edge, rushing him, bringing that pressure. I love to you, see that. 
Using do you know do you know what? It's quite interesting that because they they used to use it a lot with Sherm, mm. didn't they? They used to bring him to sometimes they used to bring him to the line and use him as the cornerback blitz. They yeah. did it with Shaq a bit, but I've not seen it in so long. And I love I've watched it about five times. Great, right? isn't it? To transition into Kobe because I can't wait to talk about it. Getting these little little nuggets because I'm not gonna lie, it was late for us by this game, but I can't remember him. I think there was a coverage what he messed up on, but mm. I can't remember him putting much wrong. And he's no. a good he's a good tackling machine. Again, mm-hmm. like we talk about the tackling. Fundamentally, his tackling's brilliant. Really good wrapping up. Sacking sacking Mariota, I know he was stagnant there, but I, even if I think Mariota tried running, he just mm. you saw everything about it. He, he just and it, but, it didn't half hit him as well, didn't he? Do, do you know what I love? Do you know what I absolutely love the most about it is everyone who's listening to this, go on the Seahawks YouTube and see the short little shorts they do. The one of Ken Walker and just watch mm. it over and over again and just get excited. Then watch the Kobe Bryant one. He was like a little kid. Who's been let loose in a kid like a sweet shop, and he he's like, oh my god, I'm all alone, I'm all alone. What it it was, wasn't it? You could you could see the excitement in his run. <laughs> Watching it with the camera followed him, I was like, is is that right tackle gonna gonna kick out? No, he's through, he's through, and he's got him. Yes. Do you know what it reminds me of? If, if you had audio in his helmet, all you'd hear is. <laughs> <laughs> His body language just showed me. I watched it over and I'm like, all I could think in my head was him like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. a, what a fucking, what a hit. He, oh, he was like, brilliant. oh, this is my first sack and he's going to know about it. Mariota's uh, side is going to know. About it. He might as well get it tattooed where the bruises. Because he absolutely, like, what a clean hit. What yeah. a clean tackle. It was, it was the fact he he took man and ball, and that, that's that's one of the big things in this league, especially hitting a quarterback, is taking man and ball. So you should usually you're just told just to hit the man and drive him to the ground, but man and ball in this league, especially with a quarterback, it was so clean because I thought he might have tried to hit him lower, but that then then when I re- sort of reviewed it, I was like, if he hits it lower, Mariota's got a chance to fire it away. So he but, took it so well to cover that ball with the hit and keep the power as well. That was See, it, uh, yeah. The little glimpses what Colby shown first week, like it is what it is. That's done now. He made a bad thing, but still, uh, second week really good tackling, executing first time. Didn't really miss t- any tackles. Let anyone pass him. This game again similar. That sack. I said it in our group chat, and to bring it back to Woolen as well. That pick wasn't pointless. Per in per, for the personal growth. Oh yeah, personally, yeah. If, if, wasn't if only it was later on in the I game. I saw Josh ready to fucking start cutting me off. Then, um, I really need to learn that. And this goes on YouTube because some of the stuff I do is just stupid, man. Um, I get overexcited, but it personal growth. Like Kobe is just gonna be buzzing after that sack. He's gonna watch mm-hmm. that. If I was him, I'd be watching it over and over again and instilling in my head. Because I think Kobe's been playing nervous. Mm. I don't think it's the fact that Woolen's better than him or Woolen's transition better than him. I just think Woolen, Kobe, has been playing with anxiety and nerves. Mm. 
back, the uh, Jerry Judy. That that same scenario was in college. He went up against Bamford and shut shut their wide receivers down. If that was in college, I can 100% guarantee the outcome would be completely different. I just think first game in the NFL, it's like I could almost get a vibe of him. He's like nervous and Mm. anxious about Mm. everything. And he messed up against Pickens, messed up against Judy. First preseason, first thingy. He's not really shown any of that in the last next two games. Like I said in preseason, he's very intelligent and he's a guy who I'd be very surprised you see him make the mistakes again. Yeah. Gonna be some really good tests for him coming along in the slot. Devontae Adams. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you can't knock the kid if he starts getting burned by Devontae Adams. But could you imagine? When we eventually play the Raiders, because don't we play the Raiders later? I think so, yeah. But we play the Raiders second half of the season, and Tariq Woolen's even better, and Kobe settled in. Could you could you imagine if he bottles up Devontae Adams in the slot? Tariq Woolen will. <clears throat> no, I mean Kobe, because Tariq won't go to the slot. No, but do you think I mean on the outside, surely Tariq will match up with oh, I, I, with Devontae. Just size-wise and speed. No, do you know what? Do you, not think? do you know what? Them two. I'm not saying he won't, but them two, that's the biggest test. Oh, that, oh absolutely. Because he will literally, depending if Tariq keeps him going on this level, he might they might he not won't. dare go anywhere near him. He won't. But Devontae Adams is like a really good litmus test. Yeah. Oh, of course like, it is, yeah. Um, St. Brown, if he's healthy for next week. Yeah, yeah that's a good test. Kobe and... Tariq best have those laces tied up tight because he's yeah. going to have them on string if they're not. He's yeah. going to have them dancing around that field because he's a legit, legit guy. But I'm just happy that Kobe got that because if I was him, I'd be looking at it and I'd be like, thrilling it into me, watching it going, I can do this at this level. I don't need to be mm. anxious. I don't need to be um, worried about anything. Just be me, play my game. And I think he will evolve, like I said in our chat, and the interception. I think Woolen needed it. Hands on a ball, like you said, cutting in front of the receiver, just getting the motion, you know, getting mm. getting the feel of doing that in a real-time NFL game. I think it will mean everything for the person. So, like, them little nuggets, for me, are what I take out of this game because I think individual growth, I think Colby and uh, T- Tariq are just going to, grow from them experiences. Yeah. And I, I don't know if Sherm's still working and helping Tariq out because as soon as he did it, Sherm was one, literally two Straight on Twitter. Him, straight yeah. on Twitter with it all coming up. He's got his backing and I, I think that's all Tariq needs. He, he's got the physical abilities to match anyone. He needs the, the, the football sense. He needs like a Sherm with the knowledge yeah. And then James is where? Where is a one minute? One minute. Let's. John, oh, I know what you you're see a woolen jersey anywhere around James. I'm waiting. I'm jersey. waiting for it to officially come no, out. No, 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 no. Do you see one, Josh? No. I am a student. At times like this is. I've, I've never seen James in a jersey, to be honest. No, no. Oh, I've got jerseys. Don't you worry. Next okay. week. Just... Next week. DK Metcalf jersey is going to be on. Oh, you, you, you just want me to spend all my student loan you on jerseys. I'll, I'll, I'll get. <laughs> Mate, I'll, I, I've, I've got like, I've got too many of the Stitch jerseys, and I've got one Shaquille, no Shaquem Griffin by like, printed jersey. 
I don't need any more, so I know how much money it costs. Yeah. Don't if bother. You, you, use it for your education, son. That's what I'm saying. You keep telling me to, to spend money. I'm going to get, we'll get more a money here to tell you off. Ken Walker, Jordan Brooks, and then I'm going to get a Wolf Grey DJ Dallas one. Are you? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Where's your DJ Dallas jersey then? The way you I've got... got my Ken Walker one. Oh, right. Got my I, I don't. I, I don't get players unless they're retired or have left. I get twelves mm. because we are twelves. You never get disappointed yes, with that. Yeah. But to bring it back, bring it back to the deep before we get onto positive pez and end with positive pez. Um, because my my little positive pez segment this week is is what you've just said there. But the positives that I'm taking is that it feels like this week there's a lot of players that have had the handcuffs taken off them in terms of and the monkeys off their shoulders in Tariq Wollen getting that first pick, Bobby Bryant getting that first sack, um, Ken Walker breaking off a big play for the first time. There's a lot of positives in that aspect for these new guys coming forward. That's what I'm, uh, that's the big positive I'm taking from it. Um, but I just, I do feel like we need to make, before we get on to positive pairs, that this defence, um, in terms of three and outs forced in the NFL through the first three weeks, the Seahawks are dead last in forcing three and outs um, this season. Only 4% of the time do they force a three and out situation. Um, the highest, incidentally, do you want to take any guess who the highest team is at forcing three and outs percentage-wise this season? The Bills. The Jags. It's neither of them two. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Oh. 44% forcing three and outs. Um, so I think that really needs to improve in terms of getting teams off the field when we get the chance to. That has to improve in terms of if we're going to have the chance to win games, um, that has to improve. Um, but before we get to positive pairs, Josh, do you want to shout out our lovely sponsored at Bless CBD? I'd, I'd love to. Um, as, as our YouTube uh, viewers will be able to see, it is something that I'm using as well. Um so Bless CBD, again, sponsoring this pod. Um, we're like a professional podcast with these sponsors. People are actually coming to us asking. Um, so if you want to save yourself 10% on any order on blessedcbd.co.uk, all you have to do is go to their website, pick from their tankages, their oils, their gummies, anything on there. They have full spectrum, broad spectrum, CBD isolates. They have a fantastic FAQ section. If you're just wondering how it will help you now get on there. And when you get to check out, just type in code Seahawk. I don't even have to spell that out for you. Seahawk and save yourself 10% off your order. We've already had people that have used it and started saving. It helps you and it really helps the pod out because we are finally going to get some money together to get Pez proper microphone. And I can't wait. I genuinely can't. <laughs> so I, 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 I just pointed to now, he's now got earbuds. So we're going up in the world. We are moving there you up go. in the world. There you go. One, at, one step at a time. Blessedcbd.co.uk, code Seahawk at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Lovely. Yes, please do go over and do that. And thanks to everyone who has already gone and done so. Um, right. This is... This is one of my favourite parts of, of the weekly podcast. I can turn my phone off. The notes are gone. It's now completely off the cuff as we head to positive Pez, as we find out what positives have been taken this week from Pez. Come on, Come on. I, I, I want, um, just before I start, I feel like I need some positive music to uh, get us in. What, do you want us to get copyrighted or something? 
No, I don't Deary know. me. No, the only like a bit of a theme thing to build into it because it was a bit doom and gloom. Oh, so you want a little? You want us to make a jingle for you or something before positive yeah, yeah. pez? Would you like that? Oh, well, positive pez. Positive pairs. Positive pairs. So positive. This week, I highlighted earlier when we were talking about the running backs because I wasn't going to do one this week because I was just like, what? What positives can you get at the moment? But it's the whole part of the section and I've got one. Good. James mentioned about breakout of Rashad Penny. We're playing the Lions, who are ranked 30th against the Rum. So Rashad Penny is going to, this is going to be his breakout game. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this is when the running game eventually gets established and we're going to see what a true force Penny and Ken Walker are going to be as a one-two. I've that is not... my positive. I'm taking out of this game for next week. You're going to see a proper one-two punch combination, a bit like a old Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram from back in the day when they were unstoppable and they got the Saints to so many playoffs and championship games. Off the back of them two, we're going to see what we've truly got with them two. And I'm going to say that Rashad Penny's Gonna go over 100 yards. Mm. You know what? No, I'm gonna go bold. It's positive. Go I'm gonna it. say Ken Walker's gonna go over 100 yards. Oh in this my game. god! Yes. Do you know? What? I love. I love it. If it's not this game, it's coming soon. But I'm gonna. Seeing as I've just chucked myself, oh, just chucked myself headfirst into it. He's also going to have. But a breakout run to the house. What we're all, what we've all seen him do at college, it, he's gonna have an absolute find a hole, see you later, touchdown, and everyone's okay. gonna lose their mind. Book it then. Ken Walker's first touchdown in a Seahawks uniform this weekend. I hope so, because um, the Lions have got one of the most potent, potent rushing attacks in the NFL at the moment. Well, so we need something to combat that. And our defense, the wave that they always are. Nice little thing for you. you the wave that they always are, they're gonna they're gonna stop the Lions run. Doesn't they're mean w- that Amara St. Brown's gonna destroy them in the air, but they overall as a unit, that defense is gonna play a lot better. I've got a two thing going into the Lions game. The running backs are gonna eventually turn up and everyone's gonna see what they're available of. Available of? Right? Capable of. It, it works. We don't worry about it. Worry, it's fine. <laughs> Got so much editing out here, James. I think. Yeah. Right. I'm tired, man. It's fine. Um, see what they're capable of. Ken Walker's going to rush for 100 yards. Bit bold. Um, he's also going to break one up. Break one up to the house. Okay. And the defense is going to be a solid unit. And do you know what? One for you, James. Seeing that okay. I'm just now free balling it. Yeah. Tariq Woolen is going to yeah. get another interception on yeah. St. Brown. Yes. Yes. Oh, you, off, uh, off a goth throw. Cool. This is the wrong time of night to start getting excited. Well. Hey. Three sacks. For who? Tariq Woolen? No. I was going to say. You're three trying sacks to... and goth. 
You're trying to send me to an early grave, telling me that Tweak One's <laughs> going to get three sacks. Have a heart attack. <laughs> Dear me. Right. Three, three sacks by the line. Three sacks by the line. I love it, Pez. Um, yeah, it should be. Int- it, it, it's, it is going to be a really interesting matchup this one. The Lions. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, if DeAndre Swift is healthy, I'm really interested to see how this defensive line. He's not. Is react- he out? Is he officially out now? Well, yes, because uh, he's Campbell, impacting one of my fantasy teams. Dan Campbell of came he's out and said that. Um, I don't know if it's definite, but Dan Campbell did come out and say that resting Swift for the next two weeks. Can't be a bad thing because they're yeah. going to their bye week, so technically okay. like three full weeks. Which, to get which, which goes to show how much they fear the Seahawks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, our best rusher. Don't need him to no, beat these guys. <laughs> next man up, as Pete always says. Next man up, um, and it is against the Seahawks at this point. But positive Pez, I'm with him. Uh, uh, and let's give a quick little, quick little score prediction for the Lions because I think we absolutely massacred against the Falcons because we all predicted to win. And we didn't. So, quick little score prediction for the Lions. We're going to win. We're going to win. Do you know the it's, score, Pez? It's going to be another 20... Both both teams in 20 points. No, no, no. We're going to be 24. Okay. Three touchdowns and a field goal. And they're going to be 17. 24-17 Seahawks. Yeah, I think if that works out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two touchdowns and a field goal for them. Okay. Three and yeah. Josh, what what are you thinking, mate? Um, I am going to go with this was the game in our, in our hot takes episode where I am denied because they're not the same team, but I'm going to change my prediction and say I reckon the Lions going to beat us. Um, I reckon it's going to be just plucking a figure out of thin air. 28 to the Lions. Okay. 24 to us. Well, I see, unlike you two, I've done my research. See, this season... Research means shit yeah. when no, it, it comes doesn't. any given Sunday. No, it doesn't. Not when, not when I'm about to give you this score prediction. Three times this season already, including preseason, but in the last two games, we've been beaten by a score of 27 points. 49ers beat us by 27, and the Falcons have just beat us by 27. The Bears also beat us by, with, with 27 points in the preseason. So that's clearly our lucky number this year. Well, unlucky number, really. So it's going to be the Lions 27, and it's going to be the Seahawks 17, because I don't see us beating the Lions away. <laughs> Swift, Swift or no Swift, I don't see it. But I do agree, and I don't. I'm not saying that that means positive Pez's predictions aren't going to come true, because I do think Ken Walker could have a big game and, and all that kind of stuff. And Tariq Woolen, I get it. But I, I, yeah, if if St Brown is healthy, off for whatever reason is playing well, um, yeah, this Lions team is 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 a capable team this year. They're a decent team. Like I say, I I, I think they're a better team than people give them credit for. So. Does it make you feel dirty saying like a team that's got Jared Goff as their QB is a decent team? It does. And that's I why like I'm I need ending to go the podcast. Bleach. Yeah, that's why I'm ending the podcast right now because I'm not giving, <laughs> I'm not prepared to give Jared Goff any more credit than that man is going to get. Um, so thank you all very much for listening. As always, um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at We Talk Seahawks. Um, 
obviously a big thanks to all of our sponsors who continue to support the podcast and all of you for, for continuing to listen. Um, this has been the We Talk Seahawks podcast in association with the Full 10 Yards Network. Lads, thank you very much and go Hawks, man. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.